0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Friday, November the 25th, 2022, the day after Thanksgiving in America. We're post-Thanks, we're into the shopping season, the peculiarly bipolar, Dichotomous, Manichaean Nature of American Civilization. Uh, Earlier today, we did a show with a Swedish scholar who's written a book for the MIT Press on whiteness. Um, It's a book about how race and racial identity identifies us, whether we like it or not. It's all around us, according to um, Martin Lund. He's not the only person writing about this stuff. Uh, Baynard Woods, for example, was on the show a few months ago, another writer. He has a book out called Inheritance, an autobiography of whiteness, in which he suggests that all whites are complicit, like it or not, um, in the racial hierarchy of American civilization. This idea of complicity, not racial, but a broader conception of complicity, is the issue we are talking about today with my guest, Max uh, Bazerman. He is a professor at the Harvard Business School, he's on the road right now, and he has a new book out, appropriately enough, called Complicit, How We Enable the Unethical and How to Stop. It's a really interesting book, a very timely book, and Max is joining us from Nashville. I hope his audio will hold up. He he did exactly what I told him not to do, which is use an iPad. But then academics, Max, out. they're naughty people, aren't they? And you're getting in our faces again with this issue of complicity. Explain what you mean by it. Are we all complicit in one evil or another?
1: we complicit. And I think that if we are more deliberative, we can be far less complicit in the of our behavior. So um, complicit is about all the scandals that all of you have run into before. Either by reading a, the newspaper, or reading a book, or watching them, complicit isn't about the core actors—Elizabeth Holmes, Adam Newman, Bernie Madoff, etc.—around them, who allowed the harm to occur. Call to all of us um, to be less complicit in our lives. Movie.
0: Let's address this issue of of race, Max. Some people argue that. All white people are somehow complicit in the racist architecture. Some people would disagree. There is even a, a racist architecture. Does your notion of complicity extend to race?
1: That a lot of us, um, when we are when we benefit from privilege, whether it has to do with race or our wealth level, um, often allow, um, because we indirectly benefit in some way. Um, So I think that there's kind of those who are negatively affected by some kind of discrimination and the awareness that those benefit um, uh, feel in terms of recognizing um, that accrue due to our privilege. So so I think that we're complicit when we don't recognize we can to make, make the world a more just place.
0: Max, some people might say, at least before reading your book, uh, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. You teach at Harvard Business School, one of the most elite, and some people might argue corrosive institutions in America right now. We've done lots of shows about how universities are really undermining America, everything from DeVarian Baldwin, who talks about how universities like Harvard are plundering, colonizing our cities, with Evan Mandry about how universities maintain and compound the aristocratic nature uh, of American society. Uh, Charlie Eaton, who talks about how universities are the core of neoliberalism. Is there a degree of, shall we say, inconsistency or paradox in that here we have a professor at the famous Harvard Business School writing a book on complicity? Um,
1: So I, I hope I'm not inconsistent. Uh, but is there a paradox Correct. lots of institutions, including universities, and specifically Harvard University, are creating an enormous amount of good? But That doesn't mean that they haven't created harm in the past, like, um, creating harm. So if you ask me, is Harvard creating a net benefit in the world? Absolutely. I'm, I'm confident that there's so much good happening in terms of education. Harvard is an important important and positive institution, but they also have a a history of racist views and to even slavery going back um, uh, 100 years ago. So um, should we let Harvard off the hook for things that they've done wrong? But does that mean that it's an evil institution? Not at all. And I think that we can think about have their problems. And and I don't mean to imply that all the problems, a minute ago, we were talking about privilege. And um, if you ask me what universities most get wrong in the US, but it's probably true in other places, I'm thinking as well. Um, What do they get wrong? I I think think that when they provide people with greater access, um, I think that that's a wrong that we do. We know that many elite universities um, in the U.S., including Harvard, uh, continue policies where they give preferential treatment to the children of alumni, to the children of faculty, uh, of significant donors. And I think when we look back at this era, of thirty years from that, we look back and say, how could we possibly still have been doing that in twenty twenty two? And I think Harvard's a fantastic institution. I think it's a fantastic. And some things wrong in the past, and we continue to do some things wrong in the future. I predict the case, um, but I think that we can all be less complicit in sub-institutions when they are doing something wrong. And by sort of writing about legacy admissions, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to avoid my own complicity in terms of being a professor at Harvard Institution has a policy that I certainly do not agree with.
0: Max, you use this word privilege. Um, It's a word I hear all the time on the show and uh, in real life.
1: What does it mean? It means gaining benefit of some aspect of our identity or our position in society. Um, It's privilege that we didn't do anything to do to earn that it might be reflective of how we were born, but it may also be privilege that was, and so I'm, I don't expect those who have some advantage in life to give up, I think we can be more aware of that and be aware, aware of times when there is being given to the particular group that we're a part of, whether it's based on race or gender,
0: What's a business school professor doing writing about complicity? Isn't this a philosophy subject and e- a subject of ethics? Why don't you focus on how to run companies better?
1: I, I think companies better and more, more, more ethically. Um, so um, Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, yeah, you've written a called- number
0: of uh, award-winning books on business, but I, I'm just curious. You've, you've suddenly changed your spots, Max. You're, you're no longer thinking- a business professor. You're a philosopher. You're a bomb thrower
1: philosopher, um, uh, perhaps a business ethicist, um, and um, to write about what I want to write about, which is one of the wonderful aspects of contemporary university. My interests have drifted over time from um, negotiation and decision-making ethics, particularly ethical behavior that people may not even be aware of their own ethical behavior. But people to sometimes engage and bad behaviors such as being complicit, without their own awareness. I don't like, like this book is any kind of radical shift. In fact, I wrote a book on ethics with Anne Trenbrenner ago, um, and uh, as recently as 2020, I wrote a book called Better Not Perfect, a kind of a moral philosophy quite consistent with what, what we see in Complicit. Where I encourage, even if we can't be perfect, um, so um, this this book is simple i'm I'm doing exactly what i think, think i should be doing i'm i'm working within the context of being a business leader as much value as i can and writing this book is one piece of those efforts
0: i think it's one of the curiously deliciously paradoxical natures of america that just as thanksgiving is is followed by black friday so American business schools have become the, the moral ser- seminaries of, of our culture. I don't know what that says about I, us. I, what?
1: Um... I I, I, I not know us have claimed to be the moral seminaries of our, our culture, but uh, but I will say that, that over 20 years ago, the collapse of Enron and a variety of other scandals that happened prompted society to ask, ask business schools, what are you going to, to do about this? Because you're training who have been at the core of some of the um, leading scandals. And the schools have you know, pick, picked up the charge that society has put at our, our feet and more to, to create a more ethical society. And, and uh, I'm not
0: convinced by that is, at all, Max. I mean, the headlines today are of a young man called Sam Bankman-Fried, a representative of a liberal coastal elite, the child of... Um, Two Stanford law professors, sort of moral seminaries on the West Coast uh, or seminarians. He's another fraudster, another Bernie Madoff with FTX. Uh, Elizabeth Warren today is calling for his accountability. A lot of uh, mainstream people are arguing that mainstream media, to use your word, is complicit. Um, Some of the celebrities like Tom Brady and Larry David who were paid to advertise FTX are also complicit. So two questions here. I'm sure that FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried is an example in your, not an example (coughs) in your book, because it's a bit recent. But I don't buy the idea that, and again, I don't want to pick on Harvard Business School, Stanford Business School, all these different business schools. I don't see any evidence that America is any more ethical today than it was 20 years ago. Sure, you had Enron, Back then, but you've had Madoff, you've got FTX, you've got Elizabeth Holmes, you've got Harvey Weinstein. There's no, there's no moral purity in our society today, especially in our business culture.
1: So, so Bateman, Fried and the other um, very young executives at FTX. Now, let me don't believe any of them were products of our um, MBA programs. Um, th- these were smarties, but um, I, I don't see much connection to the business school question. I also did a highly moral business environment. Um, I hope, hope that we're creating a more moral business would have if business schools simply ignored the ethics question um, entirely. And I'm kind of the FTX Alameda story because um, once again we have a scandal to have made it into my book. You know, basically uh, the same Week that my book was published. So what we do see already is that there are a variety of people who were complicitions uh, with the with the the alleged illegal actions of fellow um, executives. Uh, to begin with, we have sort of the the um, we also have Sequoia Capital who did a thirteen thousand word piece on. how how wonderful Sam Bankman-Fried was, um, at propping up their own doing so. Um, and um, we also have the likes of, as you see, um, Bill Clinton, um, Kiesel Bonchou, um and other. I, I doubt had the skill to assess the crypto environment and cover to FDX and Sam Bankman-Fried at a level that I think so, so why I,
0: I take your point and it's it's a great example and again it it seems to reflect the fact that these things don't go away but who I mean clearly you you mentioned Sequoia you mentioned Clinton you mentioned the people who are financially benefiting from advertising for this thing but, but every time Tom Brady or Bill Clinton or Larry David's agent get a call what are they supposed to do do them Economic investigation of their advertiser. I mean, what about people who are advertising McDonald's or alcohol? Uh, is everyone um, complicit here?
1: So, I'm not a big fan of McDonald's. I, I, I do like red wine, however. Um, and you, are, you do you know, like red, what? Red wine. You, well, that, you that, up that's
0: no surprise from a Harvard Business School professor. You don't like McDonald's, but you like red wine. So, it's okay to advertise well, red wine, but not McDonald's.
1: I haven't made that pronouncement at all. You, you Perhaps you want to, but, but I wasn't making that pronouncement. Um, encourage any celebrity or um, any consultant, consulting engagement um, to deliberate more on whether they're creating net harm by working with a particular organization. And I think when celebrities show organizations that they don't understand, um, they are running the risk of if, in fact, there's wrongdoing within that financial organization. So, um, but, but let's wh- use—I I I take but, your uh, point, and 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 uh, no one would uh, well, argue well, well, with that. But let's, let's use
0: the example of crypto. Crypto was a craze. Uh, I, that no one's going to go ign- back and
1: clarify my last thought. Uh, what that as a uh, I, I have some status as a business school professor. That status to endorse an organization that I don't think I can understand. So no, um, what, what they do in terms of beef production is not acceptable. Um, sex on certainly not. They misled the public too much in ter- terms of the climate change. Green organizations that I do know, and if I didn't understand an organization, I would in some detail um, or or I would pass on being connected to that organization.
0: It's an interesting issue. We have the Pepsi-Cola uh, chief marketing officer on the show, um, Maurizio Procini, um, who's very much in the business of this sort of altruistic ethics within corporations. Corporations can learn this game quite easily and find their way around the system, can't they? I, I think many
1: organizations do. We, we, we have organizations that create that also makes strategic philanthropic contributions in order to put a positive. So I I think that we see this on a kind of quite regular basis. And I think we should on their prime activities and whether or not the products and services that they're creating that benefit to society. So if we think about the tobacco industry, um, enormous harm to society and the fact that they donate to the local symphony in my mind at all, all from the harm that they're doing
0: let's go back to sam bankman frieds I, I take your point he isn't a product of a business school though he's a product of elite universities mit and stan you know his parents teach at stanford no. um, he's also a huge champion of effective altruism another rather fuzzy theory i know gets taught in business schools um so he was ciphering off all the money he was stealing from people to uh, effective altruism what well, well, when it comes to complicity the sam bankman fried story is kind of more complicated isn't it
1: the sam bankman fried story is enormously complicated so first of all uh, i'm not going to claim that he's to have um taken money from ftx and, and- and to prop up the investment. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that there will be lots of people looking at that, and um, I'll be very closely. Um, you can, you raise your, your, uh, the connection to effective altruism. Uh, you yeah, sort of, I think it, it, it's a fuzzy concept because it's a movement, and it's a movement that's it's in its fairly recent years. Um, but early on, it was heavily influenced. And if you ask me, am I in favor of making philanthropic contribution? my answer is yes. Um, do I think that rich people should donate more? My answer is yes. Simple, very good concepts that have influenced the effective altruism movement. More in some unusual directions with, with, uh, from my perspective, to form uh, too much potential threats and bank. And Fried was certainly part of that. Um, connected collapse is, is kind of a lot of criticism of the effective altruism movement because ideas in effective altruism is that one way to create good is to go make lots of money and then give in the world. And and since Bankman Fried may have been up to exactly that, um, th- that, that puts kind of a negative spin on parts of a Effective altruism, maybe with a bath of water. Um, so, from my perspective, um, if we think about doing more good, um, I like it. If we want to think about donating more, I like it. Um, do I well off friends to donate more? Absolutely. So, there's lots, lots of things about effective altruism I continue to like. And I also think that there are some fringe elements of the effective altruism more recently that were very connected to Sam Bankman-Fried, that I feel quite like, um, I don't want to throw out an entire movement that has done a lot of good because of that connection to a single individual who engaged in an alleged. Sam
0: Bankman-Fried seems to be greedy for two things. One is virtue. The other is money. Stole, I think, a million people's Uh, Money for his crypto scam, FTX. Uh, What about the complicity of those million, those small investors, the people who threw $800 or $1,000 into FTX? Is there a degree of complicity for everyone who joined the crypto mania, given that there were many warnings? A lot of people came out and said, look, there's no, this is a scam, this is another tulip craze, um, and ultimately it's going to collapse.
1: So I think that they have some degree of complicity, but I don't mean to be overly harsh on people who, um didn't understand the crypto world and trusted him based on listening to him. Um, so I, I want to be careful on condemning people. Um, I that someone was complicit to some degree without necessarily condemning them. I get to the state where we won't be complicit with any harm for the rest of our lives, to be more deliberative, to be more thoughtful, and to be more careful so that we'll be less less complicit in the future. Um, It's it's very very consistent with my prior book, Better Not Perfect, where I'm in the direction of creating more good in your life um, without without the assumption that you're going to become a moral actor in every circumstance. Because I don't think we can do it, but we can become better.
0: One man who's clearly much worse than better is Harvey Weinstein, very much in the news. There's a new film out about him, she said, um, which is getting very good reviews, devoid of sensationalism, according to The Atlantic. I know you cover the Weinstein case and the Me Too movement in the book. How, How do you use that in terms of complicity? I mean, does anyone, I mean, is, is Taren, Quentin Tarantino, for example, is he complicit in the, in the Weinstein case? Should we not see the Tarantino movies because Weinstein financed them and supported them?
1: Um, with the easy parts. Um, so first of all, I haven't said, I haven't seen the new movie, um, but I've read the Weinstein episode, um, including Ken O'Luddin's book and, and a,
0: yeah, and, and Ken Orletta was actually on the show, and you know he yeah, sort of yeah. politely sidesteps, I think, the issue of complicity, or at least Hollywood's complicity, which yeah. seems fairly self-evident. But that's
1: another question. Yeah, a, a, a fascinating piece of um, fiction that just came out by Winnie Lee, um, who um Harvey Weinstein like story. With, um, and her book is also called we "Look Specifically" um at The people who are complicit around, um, who I think is intended to remind us of Harvey Weinstein in lots of ways. So, is he complicit? Yes, he was complicit. Um, Does that mean that you should never see? I'm not not going to make that pronouncement for all of your viewers why they're watching the Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know whether they share my view of complicity, but there were the the, the the fascinating part of the Harvey Weinstein story, number of complicitors that surrounded Harvey Weinstein who, despite the fact they had a very good idea of what's going on. And I think a lot of us sort of think about what are the leading <coughs> what are the leading wrongs and how do we want to Act in the future? Who's the person that we want to be? So it's often to to be complicit and to ignore the harm. But when you look back on your life and what individual you want to be looking at at in the mirror, I would like to be less complicit over the past decade.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone would argue with that. The, The issue of complicity is very much in the news. Patrick Radden Keefe wrote a wonderful book, he was on the show about. Uh, the Sackler family's complicity, a self-evident complicity in the opioid crisis. Where does, you, you write about that one, Max, too, in the book. Where does that stop? Clearly, the Sackler family are complicit, but should that mean we not allow them to put their name up on museums? Should we stop seeing their art? Do some of them need to go to jail? And uh, who else is complicit? I mean, Big Pharma as well as, of course, it's not just the Sacklers, it's all of Big Pharma when it comes to opioids.
1: So happy to talk about Purdue um, Pharmaceutical Storm reference I think is terrific, as is, is Ian Eyre's book, um, Death in Mudlick, which the opioid um, uh, scandal um, in, a, in a small community. Um, so there's been so much written about that I benefited from in writing my own book on city. um but so, so starting with the, Sackler family, I the uh, Sackler family, I think that they've done, obviously, Richard Sackler being a kind of a point person, but the failure of the family and, and recognize the harm that they've done and move forward in a productive way is simply finishing. So, yes, what I consider much of the rest of the Sackler family? Absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't want to miss McKinsey who guided um, into so many of the steps um, that led to the deaths of so many. McKinsey was kind of like... uh,
0: McKinsey, uh, these uh, are the big consulting group. It's interesting you bring up McKinsey because there's a new book out, um, uh, critical of, uh, directly critical of McKinsey, um, that we're going to be doing a show. And, And of course, many of your graduates from Harvard Business School go to McKinsey. So I'm particularly curious as your take on mckinsey not just in the in the sackler case but also more broadly
1: yeah so i uh, so uh, absolutely so just uh, on purdue because it, it, it's not just mckinsey it's also the, the, the three large who were distributing opioids at levels that didn't make any sense walgreens cvs guess who are now paying enormous, enormous fees for their contribution to the deaths of so many people, complicitors um, along the way, doctors who were writing prescriptions to get their pay well, collecting their fee. Um, so, so the Purdue pharmaceutical story is this number of problematic complicitors. Um, yes, yes, Um, so, um, McKinsey comes to town, documents lots of, um, McKinsey comp- Another piece that uh, that I also cover um, in *Complicit*, how McKinsey had a negative influence on the insurance industry. So if we go back forty, claims agents at insurance companies felt the moral responsibility. Claim, and McKinsey basically taught them that you can make more money by paying less than. Um, and this is. Um, uh, 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 sort of documented um, deny um, de- de- delay defend um and in the book when when McKinsey comes to town and I I think the McKinsey has been stories of companies moving toward doing more evil um and I view senior management at McKinsey quite responsible for an immoral failure
0: yeah, Mariana, uh, the, the author of the, the new book on McKinsey is Mariana Mazuchutu. I'm sure you know her work is quite a quite a smart book.
1: Um, so I'm talking about uh, the book by Wal uh, Bogdanovich and co-author. Um, right
0: now, I know you're talking about a different book, but I'm saying the book I'm we're going to be doing on on McKinsey and this. Um, This culture is by uh, Mariana Mazzucchiuto, who will be on the show next year. You also cover um, uh, the Elizabeth Holmes case. She just went to jail. Was there complicity with her investors? I'm curious. A lot of innocent George Shultz, Henry Kissinger. She found all these old men that she charmed and lied to in terms of investing in Theranos. Was there complicity there with the Shultzes and Kissingers of the world, Max?
1: Yes, but, but going back, just to be clear, Prisoner jail at this point in time, she's been sentenced.
0: Right, um, yeah, but she's been it, sentenced.
1: She. Absolutely. The, the board of Theranos was kind of fascinating uh, in terms of a story. Most famous people of our uh, of our time um, who sat on the board and basically um, were charmed by Elizabeth Holmes and treated her, um, and didn't bother to notice that they weren't asking tough questions, a um, hint that came their way, that, that they didn't have the, the expertise to evaluate the medical technology. Um, so uh, when I think people take positions um, of of a firm or a credit rating agency or sitting on a board of a of, of, a, firm of a moral responsibility to make sure that we have the knowledge and the courage that we're providing the diligence um that our position requires of us and henry kissinger um uh, general madison and, and others really failed. Yeah, it's, it, it's,
0: um, it's a delicious irony that kissinger and schultz lost all their money given that they're supposed to be the hard-headed uh exponents I, I, of the realist I, foreign I, policy
1: I, well uh, uh, George Schultz has passed away, but I, I, don't, I don't think that Henry Kissinger is going to run out of I don't think that the money is going to be a problem for him. But, but a, the board was not the only complicitor. I mean, is kind of Walgreens being obsessed with CVS getting a deal done before they did. basically brought this equipment into their pharmacy, um, false diagnoses to their patients despite having lots. Locked- of warnings, I, I think one piece of complicity um, in terms of the Theranos story.
0: Where are these people, Max, coming from? The Elizabeth Holmes, another character you deal with in your book, and we did a show about him. Uh, Adam uh, Newman of, of WeWorks, uh, she has a book out, uh, "The Cult of We WeWork: Adam Newman and the Great Startup Delusion." Are these people like Newman and Holmes and the Sackler family, Are they just? Are they, do they need to spend a little bit of time in Max Bazerman's class? Are they just missing some sort of ethical guidance? What's wrong with them?
1: Yeah, so the world has always had unethical characters. And um, Andrew, I'm going to fess up to you. Uh, the next bad person from emerging and creating harm if I did, I would work on that topic. But I honestly don't think I have the clinical knowledge, or, nor do the rest of academia, to stop wrongdoers from Doers <coughs> Could not do the bad things that they do with any of us. And I think that the way to reduce harm in the future isn't by thinking to reform Elizabeth Holmes but rather to educate to think about the role that they want to play so that they're less complicit in the future.
0: What about, finally, Max, um, and I apologize to our audience that there are some audio issues here. Max is on an iPad, so his regular computer didn't work. I hope everyone will be able to follow this because it's a very interesting conversation. What about the role of regulation and the state here? Because clearly... Some people will be listening to this and saying, well, the real problem is with American capitalism in its architectural form. There simply isn't enough regulation. There could be regulation of, and, and this is what Elizabeth Warren is calling for more broadly with crypto, that Newman should have been regulated, that there should, have, I mean, there's always going to be liars and thieves like Elizabeth Holmes. <coughs> but isn't the issue just simply more aggressive regulation? Um, it's not
1: simply, because I don't think we can come up with perfect we should regulate better? Absolutely. I think um, sort of our kind of our people who claim to be independent auditors to be rewarded for keeping their clients happy, It's regulatory system. Um, but it's not simply America. We could take a look at any developed um, both similar scandals, but similar regulatory failures. Um, so different have approached, for, for example, auditor independence and different ways, but none of them are the evil that's created by allowing independent auditors to profit by keeping happy, destroying their ability to be independent to begin with. So, so um, yes, I think smarter regulation across, across lots of different fronts, and I think we in America have been a number of developed economies that are confronting similar
0: Let's just end up with politics, Max, because that's my favorite thing, as regular viewers know. You also touch on January 6th. Do we all have a degree of complicity here? Um, We've had a number of shows. In fact, I'm doing a debate about January 6th at Intelligence Square New York next month. And not just January 6th, but Trump himself, I'm guessing that you and I are probably on the same side when it comes to not being great fans of Donald Trump. I'm I'm not
1: a big fan of Donald Trump. Uh, I'll go backwards and say, um, this blind as of January 1st, 2021, it was the events of January 6th, motivated the theme of complicity because I was stunned by the fact that there were so many people I might not agree with politically, but I would have never had, have suspected would have supported white suppression of democracy to the degree to, to which they did. The number of Republicans who supported truly undemocratic action, I, I find quite shocking to Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney um, in some of their acts of courage as movements that in shockingly impressive ways. So I think you're correct an assessment of Donald Trump. I'm not a fan. Um, But once again, I think that we will have evil future and we need people to be less complicit in order to provide whether it's in politics or in business.